Des Moines, Iowa, how the fuck your spirit doing? How y'all And I can still remember my first winter in Minnesota. It was white as the eyes can see. And there was some snow there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I think you missed me reading your bio, but you know your bio. But I think you missed the story that I said about how we came together and, you know, that friend that was, <laughs> you know, the glue. And then the glue kind of fizzled out. But you were still there for me. Like, you were like, what's going on? Like, y'all were always together and now y'all not together. What's going on? You need to talk. We, you, you got me. So I was telling yeah. you about that and, you know, how... I'm so glad to know you and like still have a connection with you after all that fizzled and after you live in another state, I've moved out of the state, but if I knew you were having a show and I could make it to Arizona, you best believe I'm leaving these kids here and I'm coming to make that show (laughs) (laughs) because I feel so much better after having seen you on stage in your element. It's always a good time. Oh, thank you. That's uh, that's beautiful. And I, I always appreciate things like that. Here's the thing. I've been doing it for so long where I meet people in so many different ways where true connections stay together no matter what. So no matter where I've moved to, no matter where, you know, what projects I'm working on, I seem to always connect with certain people no matter what. And you're one of them. So uh, I love following your journey. And I, I very much appreciate the the invitation to be here. Uh, I'm exhausted. I did a prom last night. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing, an after prom. Has anybody heard of this? Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know if this was like a. a they were lying to me. It was a, a Iowa thing, or if this was a thing in the Midwest. I've never heard of this. I'm from Detroit, and I've never heard of doing things after prom. Like we, after our prom, we went to the hotel and read the Bible. You know what I'm saying? We we read the Bible hard, <laughs> is what I'm saying. And. Um, so, yeah, I was I was performing at 2 a.m. in the morning, and I took a little nap, and I was trying to figure out the technology, and I just hopped on my phone. So, uh, happy to be here, and, yeah, let's talk healing and comedy. Do it. So, okay, you've been a comedian for 10-plus years. Yes. What brought you into this this genre? What made you choose comedy as your, your profession of choice? Uh, okay, well... So it's been, it was 11 years in, in, in February and it was really a, a poop to get off the pot. You know, I, we all have these callings that sometimes we ignore for a long time or we just don't think that we are where we should be or where we want to be. Right. So, um, it was one of those things where I went from Detroit to Minnesota for college and, and then dropped out after 30 days. <laughs> it was like a, like a trial weekend, like a, a Netflix tryout. And after I dropped out, I got a job and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I, I tried comedy for the first time and I didn't really succeed at it, right? Because sometimes we try things and we don't kill it or we don't like knock it out of the park and we're like, this isn't for this isn't for me. 
Uh, then I moved to Iowa and uh, I, I hated it, <laughs> which I still do. Met my wife. We moved to Arizona. And when I was in Arizona, it was one of those things where it's it was always still in the back of my mind. I always still wanted to 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 do it or pursue it. And I did it a couple of times. And it was one of those things where if you're going to do it, try it. So um, I got, you know, I did open mic and I just sort of fell in love or re-fell in love with it again. And I haven't stopped since. So it was... The, the turning point for me, to be honest, is when I left Arizona because I was doing it for about five years or so in Arizona and I was having fun, but I had like a full time job. It wasn't until I moved back to Iowa where where it's Iowa <laughs> and I was like, if I can make it happen here, then th this is a real thing. So I've had tremendous success out here. And that's what really inspired me to keep going. And then there's people like yourself or other people that I've met along this journey that's you know, that, that roots for me and that supports me. And it's almost like um, disrespectful to let those people down. You know, when people are holding you up and supporting you and showing you love and you have this gift and this talent, um, you, you just got to go for it. So um, I think that answers your question. <laughs> I like to talk. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, you, 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 you're, you're here now and in 2020, you released your um, first comedy album, yes. which was awesome to have in the middle of a pandemic. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> I was like, thank you, Jesus, for this comedy right now, because <laughs> life is hard. So what did it take for you to get that done? And did the pandemic like push you? Like, was it like some fire in the pandemic that was like, this is the time. Now is the time. So, yes and no. Um, no, because I recorded the... So, so you know, I'm, I'm doing comedy for like nine years and like, I want to do something big. And 2019 was a big, it was a big year for Day Day. Okay, like I'm, I'm doing all these things. I'm checking off so many boxes. 2020 is going to be the year. I set it up to record my first comedy album, All Independent. Uh, at this local community theater, sold it out. It was great. And then the next week, the world shut down. <laughs> okay, so, so God willing, I was able to do this major production all before everything was like, hey, don't don't touch people, <laughs> you know. So, so we um, so after the world shut down, it was like I had this project, and I just worked on editing it, and I didn't know how to put out an album. Right, I thought. I thought an album was like a like an R&B CD. Like I was putting out singles to my comedy <laughs> to my comedy album. So like I would have like joke number four, <laughs> and I would put that out on streaming. And and people don't listen to comedy albums like they listen to their favorite, you know, <laughs> album. So I through that process, I learned so much through through trying and failing, where. Um, it was it was a blessing to be able to have that experience and and put out the album, but <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't great. So uh, not no the album was great, but the process wasn't. So this time around, I just re-record or I just recorded my second comedy album uh, in March, and this one was in Des Moines at like a comedy club with two shows, and now I think I'm doing all the things that I got wrong for the first album right, and we hit. 
number one on Amazon. Uh, it's it's gone back and forth because the album's not out yet. The album comes out in three weeks, but it was just a blessing to see the the you know the fruits of your labor, like working really hard and putting it out and making the but like the right decisions this time around. Um, so I'm very happy about the failures because those are just lessons. Absolutely, absolutely. Does anybody else have any questions? Any of the healers want to jump in? Because I'll go to the the next one. I think I think this is going to be a good one. What advice would you give to someone who hasn't been able to laugh in a while and going through something? It can be PG thirteen or it can be slightly rated R. Slightly. <laughs> yeah. Before before I hopped on, I'm like, what's the what's the language restrictions? I don't want to get up here saying a bunch of this, that, and the other. No, I'm I'm in a PG-13 place, right? I just did this after prom in front of high school kids, so I can restrict myself. Here's the thing. Um, I can I guess I can talk for what works for me and 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 in my experience because I've I've witnessed so much so much beauty through comedy I've had I've had shows recently where you know some of the subject matters that I'm talking about really resonates with people and I've had those conversations after shows where where someone will tell me hey I haven't been able to laugh in a while I mean we're, we're, we're still in it people forget we still in a pandemic right it's just it's it's just different now but people, you know, they've lost people. They're they're going through tragedy. They're they're going through a bunch of things, and that that's why I love comedy so much. Because for for that time um, that I'm on stage, or that time that you're at this show, we can just be in these four walls. So I've had a bunch of conversations of, hey, you know, I haven't been able to laugh in a long time, or this is the first time that I've been able to laugh since A, B, and C. And I think it's those connections that 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 are beautiful. If, if I was to give somebody quote unquote advice, I don't have like a head. These things work for these people, so they'll, they'll definitely work for you. But I think it's about finding a, a, a space, right? Because that's that's what I live in. I live in like I live on the stage, and and for me that's a very safe space. And I've now gotten to a point where you know I talk about my kids and I talk about my wife and I talk about my experiences and. It's not always about the joke, you know, like it's not always about saying funny things on stage. It's sometimes just talking and, and finding that connection. So I'm at a point in my career where I'm very happy connecting with somebody not, and not always wanting to kill or have the room going crazy. Um, but it's about finding a space that you can live in um, or, or temporarily live in that can hopefully take you away from what you're going through. And like I said, sometimes that's a comedy show. Sometimes that's self-care, taking a bubble bath. Okay, I'm a man. I'm 37. I like bubble bath. Okay, it makes me feel great. Okay, I like when my feet are soggy. Okay? I think when you can find a space that you can be comfortable, be distant from things, um, and find your own way, those, those are, I think, very positive. So I think we provide that, or I think I like to pretend I provide that when people come to one of my shows. When that, when I'm on stage, I feel like that that's a, that's a time to kind of let go and and laugh. And I think 
for me personally, you know, I talk about like my dad leaving and, and I, I talk about some tragedies myself that has been super cathartic, but it's also been, been a big release. So I think when I can talk about it and, and you can talk about it and I can laugh about it and you can laugh about it, we get there together. You're right. You're right. <laughs> now, since we're talking about like some things that have made its way into your comedy, mm -hmm. nothing made me at, like love you more than when you made fun of your own baby. <laughs> so I've looked at some babies and I've been like, you know what? That was nice. You did good. Couldn't say <laughs> that the baby was beautiful. But nope. talk about that. Talk about how that happened. That he's on a shirt and a button and all kinds of stuff. Okay, listen. Look, I like to pretend I'm very honest on stage. Like I feel like that's that's my most transparent, right? We had this first baby and he was gorgeous. Okay, like I'm talking Gerber baby, like um, all of that. You know, like you take your babies to the Sears and you get pictures. Like we were doing all that for the first baby. This second mofo come out. <laughs> and for six months, I didn't share a public picture. Okay, like it was, it was bad. And I'm like, should we go on Maury? Should we figure this out? Because I don't see the resemblance. And... <laughs> And after about six months, I shared, you know, a picture or two. And, you know, people are super, you know, they, they're liars, but they're sweet. Like, oh, he's 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 attractive. He's not that bad. I'm like, you're a liar. Okay. I don't trust your words. <laughs> so so uh, within that first year of my second child, I start calling him the ugly baby. And, and if I can be honest with you, he was bringing in the dough. Okay. <laughs> like, I did t-shirts. I did buttons. And people were buying them. Um, to this day, it's one of my top selling t-shirts that I've ever sold in my 11 years. And yeah, but I will say this. He's now super attractive. He, he grew out of the ugly. Okay. <laughs> but it, but it made, it made it really beautiful because that was one of, that was one of those first moments where I was sharing something that people could relate to that we just don't talk about a lot. Like you have no idea how many times I got off stage. And a mom, always a mom, a dad sometimes, but typically a mom would come up and be like, my son or daughter was ugly when they were born. And I, I couldn't say it. And I'm glad you said it. And again, those are just one of those small things that made me feel like, okay, I like, I like what I'm doing, but he's super attractive now. Uh, he's my dumb baby. Okay. He's graduated to, to a new level of dumbness. <laughs> so